Making Geeks is a podcast for people who are striving to find the balance between raising great kids and holding on to creative passions that keep them sane. Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 83 of the Making Geeks podcast. We are the podcast for makers, dads, and geeks. And we have a very special podcast today, but we'll start off with our regular co-host, Mr. Mark O'Keefe. What's going on? Mr. Josh Price. Hey, everybody. Wes Swain. Hey, what's up? And I am Sean Jolliker, but we have a special guest on the show today. We have Daryl from the Broken Nerd YouTube channel with us. How you doing, Daryl? Hey. hey, how are you guys? Good. Doing really good. Doing well. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I have a feeling this episode will run long. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Some content that's very near and dear to our hearts, so I'm sure that we'll uh, get off some, some tangents here. So how are you guys doing this week? Doing good. Uh, phenomenal. Doing well. Can't complain. It's been a long week so far. Um, just got off of work, so yeah. that's. So you got long hours then. So where do you work that you've been working uh, working such long hours? I do uh, graphic design. I work for a marketing company um, here in Virginia. Actually, it's in, located in Norfolk. And um, so we had we had an event this afternoon. So I was trying to finalize some work for the event. And um, yeah, so it requires some late hours. So I worked actually all through the weekend and um, had Monday and Tuesday off. And I went back to work yesterday and then had to work tonight so um so trying to find balance between work and doing the uh broken nerd and spending time with the family kind of gets complex sometimes but i try and manage it and and deal with it the best way i can we can definitely relate there (laughs) (laughs) that's entirely what our show is about (laughs) what have you been up to i have let's see I went camping this weekend, the previous weekend. Oh, yeah. You're freezing uh, your nuts off thing. Did you find Bigfoot? Yeah. <laughs> it was not that bad. Uh, it was, let's see, Saturday was pr- kind of rainy, but the previous day we had like uh, erected like a, basically a tarp city uh, over the campfire and everything. So it was actually pretty comfortable, all things considered. Uh, we got a night a night hike in. We hike, normally we hike up to this fire tower that's probably like a 40-minute hike. And you can see several of the cities uh, around Hanging Rock in North Carolina. And uh, normally we do it in the daytime, and it's fine. And we decided to do it at night, and it was super cool. It was, like, so dark out there. You could not tell where the horizon from the sky stopped and the lights from the surrounding, like, towns and stuff began. It was like almost like a, a full sphere of lights. It was really weird. Oh. It was very... Very cool. Uh, saw a couple shooting stars and stuff. So, uh, kind of a unique experience. And then, uh, as far as the shop goes, uh, I just completed my first 3D carving on my X carve since I did the lobotomy where I replaced the circuit board on it. And it's something simple. It's just like a little 3D uh, modeled head, but it was carved nice. out of uh, insulation foam. Came out pretty nice. It didn't stop or glitch out or anything weird like it used to do. So that's very, uh, it leaves me hopeful for the future. So I think, I think that's going to be one of my first, uh, things once I get, once I finish with the enclosure, cause it's, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to try and get, I'm dying to try and get something made to give away for maker fair. And if mm-hmm. I can pull it off, I think it'd be awesome. Cause I have the model done, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it carved in time, but I I hope I am. Now, do you use a, a, a art cam for that carving? Uh, yeah, yep. It's just a kind of generic uh, 3D model OBJ format, and then I import it into art cam to do the uh, actual tool path and everything. Is art cam going to get turned off? Yep, sure is. <laughs> just so that's, just when that's I start like, to learn a product. That's a cloud-based thing? It is. Yeah. They bought a company that kind of came up with software. And I think 
they were uh, working with them for a couple of years, and now they're like, yeah, we're going to shut that software down now that you found one you like, Wes. Um, <laughs> they'll probably end up rolling it into another package. That's what they they buy the IP more than the, the brand or anything like that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's disappointing, but I'll keep trying. <laughs> Mark, I saw that you busted your head on your X-Curve. <laughs> it seems really difficult yeah, the, to you. The, um, okay, so I had the case and everything made, and the front flips up, gives me plenty of access into the machine, but I didn't have any supports to hold the, the cover up, so what I was doing was taking a clamp and putting it on my ceiling joists. Well, what happened was, the ah, outside of my computer phone, the clamp shifted and dropped it on my shoulders, but my head went through the acrylic. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so the next day I went out and got eighty-two dollars of Lexan, which killed me, um, and a lid lid support. So now it's not going to fall on me. And then this this week I've been trying to shift my personal work schedule to start working till midnight's. Um, and I'm soundproofing it right now, and I'm almost done with that. And I gotta wait for a new Z stop to show up, so I can fix the one I broke. New Z stop? <laughs> yeah, the Z, uh, the Z home, the, the, the limit home switch? switch. Yeah, the limit switch. Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, I I, I broke it. Oh god, yeah. I hit. Uh, I was trying. I was I was trying to um. I was trying to home it, so I backed it off a little bit, and I hit the button twice and didn't realize it was set to half-inch instead of eighth-inch, so it just went straight up. Yeah, that'll do it. Which I always thought was weird, that you can you can push a digital button, and it will not receive a digital stop, well, signal from that stop to prevent you well, from doing that. Yeah, the thing that I found, like in the uh, in my solid doodle, if it hits those buttons, they just even if you, if you're manually jogging it or or if it's moving, if it hits those, it stops and it will not go farther. But on the X carve, it's okay. These are only for home, but if they're mm-hmm. if you move them, it'll go right through them, which didn't make yeah. it, it. That doesn't make sense to me, but that's just one of the things I'm gonna have to be really careful of in the future i ordered three more because i know i'm gonna do it again but <laughs> so i did that and i got i got some email that the new intel 3d scanner camera is gonna be here on the 26th and then a few days after that i should get a software update from RecFusion, and i will have an awesome 3d scanner for very cheap considering what some of those freaking things go for so i'm <laughs> i'm thoroughly excited for the next three to f- three weeks to a month that's cool. awesome Show? good year yeah well i finally finished that portrait that i was working on that was gonna yeah it com- turned out good thank you the company that uh the article that i just released last week that's on my my blog site and i'll have that in the in the show notes haven't really started any other uh, projects yet. I'm taking time just to organize before I start into like three or four other things that I have going on right now. Um, my parents stopped by over the weekend and gave me this old uh, bed frame from the 1920s. They want it turned into a bench. So I'll have a couple of bench projects coming up. I have like three or four of those to make now. But that's what I'm doing. Have you, Josh? I am getting ready to go to WorkbenchCon tomorrow morning. Uh, Bob and I and his wife are driving from here down to Atlanta. We're going to that. So i got to pack up a bunch of stuff. Um, see, so we're recording again on Wednesday instead of normal Thursday. So the video that we made this week that's coming out tomorrow is the rock climbing wall. That was pretty fun. So it was, we made an indoor rock climbing wall for his kids' room because they have a pitched roof. And so it's just like basic um, like wall framing. So we made like an existing wall frame and then bolted that, or not an existing, a standalone wall frame that we bolted to the wall and then put plywood over top of that, drilled a whole bunch of holes and put peanuts on it. And then we just covered it with like rock climbing 
holes and little grips and little things until the kids can go rock climbing in their room, which is pretty awesome because like they love it and then my kids love it. And Isaac and Elizabeth, like my two and three year old, like will climb all over this thing because it goes up to the ceiling in the room. It's an eight foot ceiling and it pitches outward towards you. But uh, Deacon won't go on. My seven year old won't do it. So it was really fun to test it out. Bob and I were climbing on it. And so I had like my steel toed keen boots. And I was like, yeah, I can climb <laughs> climbing wall with these steel toed gigantor like fireman's boots on. Yeah, but it was really fun. It held, held all our weight really easily. It was a good project. So that'll be out. To, by the time people hear this, that video should already be out. So, yeah. So, Daryl, saw your video the other day when you were uh, modeling. Raphael's side. How's that going? It's actually um, it's actually on the printer right now. I'm actually um, trying out some new PLA, um, and it wasn't going over too well, so I stopped the print today and um, reprinted it, changed some settings on it. So see how it turns out. I think I got another like two days on it because I'm printing it at 100% infill. Um, nice. And I usually, with the, with the props that I've been making recently, I've been printing them at 100% infill just because I like to um, have some sense of weight to it mm -hmm. um, and just give it a sense of realism. So when somebody picks it up, they don't automatically off the back think that it's 3D printed. And that's my whole goal as far as um, finishing, that I take a prop. Um, and then when somebody picks it up, the first thought that comes to the head is not, that this was a 3D printed piece. Um, try and make it as real as I can get it to look, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I modeled the uh, the angel blade from Supernatural. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the first things I did, but and, and printed it out, and I'm picking it up. I was like, wow, this just feels weird being this <laughs> large, but there's no weight to it at all. Um, what printer are you using? The CR-10. Is it the um, not the S, yeah Creality, um, oh, okay. and it's not it's not the most recent one. I know they have a lot of upgrades to the um, ones that's that got, out now. That's got the big build build plate on it, right? That's like what ten by something. Yeah, I think this one is um I believe it's three hundred by three hundred by four hundred millimeters. Okay. Um, and then they have the S four and S five, which have a bigger build volume. Okay, so let's take a step back. So your graphic designer. Like, yes. where did your love for all things geeky and nerdy come from? How'd that translate into what you're doing now? So when I was younger, I grew up on um, Marvel. Um, my dad used to take me to the comic book store. Um, and I've been in Virginia for about 17 years now. Um, but when I lived in New York and I was a kid, my dad used to take me to the comic book store and we used to buy, he used to buy me the Marvel cards. And what he used to do was, <laughs> what he used to do is he would um, buy a stack and then he would take um, the, the new ones and he would put them in like this box that he had and he put them in the plastic sleeve. And then a du any duplicates that he would have, he would put it in a book for him. And then if they came across like a third one, he would put it in a book for me. And I still have that book today. Nice. Um, and I still have all like the Captain America card. Um, I mean, I've just, it, it's nostalgia for me. I could just go through it and be like, remember when I got those. And the sad thing is that he, I think he ended up losing that box that he had um, yeah. in transitioning of moving down here. But I still have those ones that he put aside um, for me. So I hold on to that daily. Um, Are you trying to that, recreate the whole poster worth? I wish I could. <laughs> is, it, is it the grail? Try to get all of them lined up? I, I wish I could. Um, I don't have many because, again, those were like the third copy that he would come yeah. across and put in that book for me. Um, there were tons of them. Yeah, there were a lot. Uh, I remember. And then I remember when they actually started transitioning into like more of like the, um, I don't know if it was uh, like pastel artwork. They, they were more detailed. The, the Marvel masterpieces. Yes. Um, I, those, are, those are the ones I collected. Wow. Yeah, so I have some of those that he um, put into the book for me as well. Um, but yeah, so that's how that started. And then um, 
more recently, because I kind of stepped away from the whole comic book scene growing up in New York. And um, a part of this for me, why why I decided to create the channel was because I wanted, because um, I have two 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 young boys, um, a one year old and a four year old. He actually just turned four yesterday, and um, happy <laughs> birthday to him. <laughs> and um, I wanted them to, because growing up in New York in the area that I grew up at, um, me and my best friend often talk about this. Like we were made fun of for being into. Um, the things that we were into. So we were into comic books. We were into Pokemon. We were into um, Nintendo, PlayStation, all those things. And we were like kind of the outcasts. So I want my sons to see this and then know that, be comfortable in being into this kind of stuff, that it's not, um, look for the proper word. It's not something to be frowned upon or be ashamed of. so so that was my whole reasoning behind starting the channel so I can kind of inspire other kids that's out there. Because I know there's a kid out there that's hanging out with a group of kids and they feel like they can't talk about this stuff because they might get made fun of. Um, yeah, so going back, that's how I kind of transitioned into this phase and um, started making. And then getting into the 3D part, I started 3D modeling because I... Um, saw the movie Prometheus and for some reason that movie just like sparked my interest in 3d modeling and I wanted to to replicate the the ship so bad that I started um, looking into 3d modeling programs and um, I settled on cinema 4d because I, I felt like that had the the lowest um, learning curve um, and from there that was about three years ago no actually four years ago um, that I started modeling and then the natural progression was into 3D printing. Um, I know you guys know Uncle Jesse. Um, yes. He he was the inspiration. I saw his video one day, and I was like, all right, that's it. I'm getting a 3D printer. <laughs> and, and, and I'm here today. This is kind of kind of that journey. What was the first thing you modeled like learn, well, to learn the program? Uh, my name. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of like I was following a lot of... Um, tutorials um grayscale gorilla is a um one of the websites that are heavily doing tutorials in cinema 4d and um i was kind of following along some of the things that they had out and so that was kind of one of the first things i modeled and then from there i was like maybe i might get fancy and try to model the the ship and it came out horrible but (laughs) and i actually have before and after pictures after a year of just consistent um, practice. I remember I used to be up to like three or four o'clock in the morning just modeling, modeling. Yep. And um, my wife would come down and say, she'd be like, you didn't go to sleep yet? I'm like, no, I'm trying to finish this thing. <laughs> Might as well go around the horn. I was the same way when I did uh, I made, you ever play Lego Marvel Super Heroes? I haven't. I, pl- I think I played the demos, not the actual full game. Right. There was a, uh, there's a Sentinel in it that's mm. like scale to the Lego guys. So I was playing that. I was like, I really want that. So I modeled him in SolidWorks, and I was the same way. Like, you, I'd just be sitting there going, and then look like uh, I'm kind of tired. It's got to be like eleven, four o'clock. Oh God. <laughs> yep. So there were plenty of nights like that, but it um, it really helped me in um, learning the program. And um, what I did learn fastly or quickly was that uh, modeling for uh, just to like have a render because that's essentially what I learned just for rendering purposes and modeling for 3D print were two totally separate beats um, and modeling for 3D print is is more more intensive um, more intensive process than actually just modeling for just a 3D render still Is there one project that you have not tried yet that is kind of like the holy grail for you? You know, kind of like a your one that you really look forward to doing i'm actually wanting to learn zbrush and i want to be able to get to a point where i can model um those incredible models that we see coming from sideshow collectibles oh god and uh, (laughs) so (laughs) that's a high bar right there 
I, I want to get to that point, but I think for me, a step back from that first would be able to um, sculpt um, physically out of clay and then move on to digital and then um, kind of learn the basics first and then um, move into that aspect. But yeah, that would be kind of like the the holy grail of um, 3D modeling for me and 3D printing. I've been I've been doing trying to teach myself ZBrush right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that the interface is very. It's weird, like like in mesh. In, I don't know if you've ever used Mesh Mixer, but um, in that, if there's if there's a, like a layer of the surface that you want gone, you just highlight it and hit delete, mm-hmm. and that then it's gone. In ZBrush, you have to highlight what you don't want. Reverse the highlight so the rest of the model is highlighted and the part you don't want isn't highlighted. You have to go and hit hide unmasked and then go into another section, say delete hidden, and then fill holes. Wow. And, and then, yeah, it's it took me two, two to three weeks of searching because I don't, I don't know the terminology for a lot of this stuff. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of guessing and trying to lead the path through my lack of knowledge into what it, everything actually is. And yeah, I finally found that out. I was like, Oh, Oh, okay, cool. Now I don't have to use mesh, mesh mixer. <laughs> and I, I don't know why I can't say that without sounding drunk, but, <laughs> but yeah, Z ZBrush is a beast, man. I mean, I'm, I've been using it to try and clean up uh, 3d scans mm-hmm. and it it does work, but then it's not doing things that I think it should be doing because I've seen other people do just like you said. Uh, like I don't know if you know uh, have, or have ever seen Sculptor Heck. I haven't. He he does like a lot of Dragon Ball stuff and some Marvel stuff, and it's it's amazing. I I don't know how they're doing that stuff. <laughs> I don't know how they're getting the texture so smooth. I don't know how like. I have a scan of a hand. It's a little meshy and like blobby, but it's still a hand. All I have to do is make like creases for fingers and I can't do it. And everything goes weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think like ZBrush is definitely a learning curve, but I think that's one of those programs where if you, if you get a handle on it, that's, that's going to open doors for a, for a lot of things. If, you know, I don't, I don't if you're trying to make this a full time thing like a lot of people, or if it's just a hobby. But I know a lot of companies use ZBrush for a million different things. I wondered if you had a Twitch stream because I saw that you did the last YouTube video where it seemed kind of like a live, a live thing. And we had just done the Twitch stream today. I was like, I wonder if Daryl does a Twitch stream. I I do not. I, I'm I'm pretty bad at. Um the whole uh like i'm just kind of new to social media and um so yeah i don't have a twitch i actually recorded that on my um built-in camera that you're looking at me on me now Uh, (laughs) um and and i just wanted um a way to kind of get that tutorial out because i was actually talking to my wife about it and she was like why don't you go ahead and do it and um so i don't have a web camera as of right now so that's why that kind of looks like that live streamish look. Well, it worked. But thank you. Your uh, your uh, Infinity Gauntlet video was one of the ones that I I stumbled across when I was because I want to make one for me, mm. and I was like, all right, because I don't know I don't know how to like like to design the 3D print for a hand. Mm. I don't. I have an idea of what I want it to be, but I've seen other people do it in a different way, which I think um, physically it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. And so I came across yours and I was like, oh, cool. All right. I'm going to watch this. Holy crap. That thing is big. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. The, the size you printed at that, at, that was, that was hilarious. That was so Thank great. You. Thank you. And that came about, I was, um, D23 had just happened and they unveiled the um, Affinity Gauntlet. So I was on the fence about because I actually purchased that file from um, Do3D. Yeah. And um, yeah, you had to I was how actually... that website worked. When, when you're done with your story, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I was on the fence about buying because I, I actually it was on my radar, but I was actually on the fence about buying it. But then when I saw the reveal, I was like, all right, I'm doing this today. And um, I think I upped it by 200 percent um, on the scale. And I actually had a conference that week. So I would just um, hit print and then go away to the conference and then come back and just check on it periodically. And that was about a month of work. It took about two weeks to print everything um, <laughs> combined because all the all the finger pieces were separate. And I had about like each finger was like 12 pieces. And <laughs> what I didn't do was I didn't label the back parts of the fingers. So like if when, if I ever turn around the Infinity Gauntlet, it's not like a full round finger. It's just the front part because I just could not figure out how to move the back pieces together. And I'm like, nobody's ever going to see the back of this thing. <laughs> yep. Movie magic. It's a woodworker mentality too. Nobody will see the back. Don't worry about the back. There, there's such a huge misconception from for uh, people that don't have any familiarity with 3D printing, thinking it's just like pressing a button and walking yes. away, and have no idea the amount of time that actually goes into all of this. So it's kind of cool hearing, you know. That yes, side of it I, honestly, I just my best friend just came down from. Um, he actually drove cross country, um, but he was going back to New York, and he had a chance to sit down with me as I was modeling. And um, he had gotten to a conversation with one of his friends. And um, so he was trying to explain to his friend, like, the process that I was going through in modeling. So the friend was like, well, doesn't he just hit print? And that he's like, no, like, you have to be here to see this. Like, the process, because I'm, like, for me, I don't know if you guys saw the video. Like, I'm pulling out measuring tape mm -hmm. and trying to figure out real-world dimensions. And if I don't have any reference pictures or any dimensions online that I could find, that's the the only way I know how to actually go about modeling something and making it real-world scale. Um, so he actually got to witness that process. And his comment to me was like, I have more of appreciation for the process now that I've actually seen it on the back end. That's cool. Yeah, I know, Bob, they talked about it on the podcast the other day. And I had to laser cut some stuff on the Glowforge today. And the Glowforge has this weird thing that you, you have to set up your image in Illustrator. You have to work in their proprietary software. But to you can't just, like, print from your screen. You have to literally get up and go to the machine. And there's a button that, like, pulsates. And you have to push that button. And that's when it starts. Mm. And so it does give you a really stupid misconception. That's like, yeah, just hit, <laughs> hit the button and go. Because yep. that is literally the last thing you have to do. And you have to go push the gigantic, like, whoop. <laughs> and then it goes and cuts. But it does... <laughs> The 85% of the work on the front side trying to get vector lines and designing and, and aligning and making sure this thing and it's yeah there have been a lot of people recently that have I guess given those guys crap about digital fabrication like you have no idea <laughs> like what it takes to be able to even push the button let alone hope that, <laughs> hope to god it works after you push that button <laughs> please don't fail <laughs> yeah i just had a 74 hour print fail on me um, oh. and it wasn't it wasn't the the printer or anything it was the spool for some reason the pla spool got um hooked around itself oh i yep. freaking hate that and it snapped and i was 74 hours into this print and it was like i think like maybe 12 hours from being done so and I haven't even restarted it. I'm just like, all right, I'm walking away from this maybe <laughs> yeah. in, in a month I've, or so. I've had that happen to me so many times. I've actually designed a I haven't built it yet, but I've designed a, a filament holder. I think it'll hold I haven't looked at the model in a while, seven eight nine. It'll hold eighteen reels of filament. Wow. And it's got a de it's I, I designed it to have de a desiccant drawer in the bottom. And and seal and a hydrometer, and and like pathways. So I want to have. I still have to design this part. Like, it kind of like breaks to slow the spool down a little bit. Okay. So it doesn't just start going and unwind, and then it, then you get the catch, and then it locks up and snaps. So hopefully, hopefully, it's a more controlled, you know, unreeling as it's printing. But that's only as good as the company that. Wound it that winds it, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that mm -hmm. part too. <laughs> mm 
I think yeah, that was the issue in in this case. I think because the, the way it looked, it looked like it, I can't even to this day. I still haven't even been able to un undo it. Like the I don't even know where to unhook that. Just hmm. throw it across the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got the new Prusa uh, i3 Mark III, and it comes with the like the silver that Joseph Prusa loves so much, and it is wound perfectly. Oh. It is. I I love looking at it. It's sitting over there now. We took it off because I was doing the glow in the dark eyeballs for the Iron Giant head. But that thing, it was gorgeous as it prints. It just like super slowly goes back and forth like a like a properly wound garden hose. It was so pretty. <laughs> but you, I saw today that you modeled. Did you model the Iron Giant head? Is that one of yours? I did. Yes. And um. So I, I try and um, model stuff around the movies that are coming out. So I know um, uh, Real Player One is coming out, I believe, in August. And um, I noticed that the Iron Giant was in it. So um, so that's kind of like a build that I have planned out for for, for around that time. Um, I'm actually playing in my head how big I want to print it. Um, <coughs> Life size. <coughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I might get kicked out of my house for that one. <laughs> or, or at least six foot so you can have a cool statue in the corner. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of playing with um, how big I want to print it. I'm not sure yet. Um, right now, it's it's kind of just to fit my head. Um, so I might I might scale it up a bit when I print it. Are you going to make the jaw articulate? Yes, I am. So And I, the head's hollow right now, so I can get some lighting in there. Yeah. Um, I was actually the initial plan was to make it a bust, and um, somebody was just like, "It'll look too weird if it's just a bust." But I don't know. I, I'm I'm still playing with the model. It's not 100% completely done. Um, so yeah, I'll see. I'll see in the next couple of weeks where what direction I head in. So do 3D. Yes. How does the website work? Because you mentioned it, I went to look on it, and I'm like, I want to buy all of these models. <laughs> and there, it has a shopping cart. Mm-hmm. But there's no purchase this model. Is that is that like a hush hush? Like I should not be selling these copyrighted whatever things, so you can't buy it like you want to buy it. How does that work? I I don't know what their reasoning behind doing selling the files the way they do. That tripped me up for a long time as well. Um, but what you do is you email them, and then they email you back a price, um, and then from there. Now, now I see. Now there's an issue with that because I've been getting some tweets about people getting different prices. Now I personally, I personally haven't had any issues with their files or or any of um pricing because I actually had one person um compare price with me, and um and the prices match. But with that being said, there is a lot of um negative comments about do three do three D that's circling the net. Um, but me personally, I haven't had any issues with them. Is it that the pricing like surprises people when they when it comes back? Because um, they may be used to like Thingiverse or my manufacturer when stuff is free, and then when someone comes back and says it's going to cost thirty or forty dollars for this STL file, people get kind of taken I back think, from that. I think that's part of the 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 frustration with them. Their prices are pretty steep, um, but I mean you're getting good quality models, and I think a lot of people. Um, don't appreciate how much work goes into modeling. Me as a right. modeler, I don't mind paying the price because I know how much time it goes into making a good 3D printing model that you get a smooth finish and how much subdivisions and measuring and real, you know, the process that it takes. I think it's um, underappreciated. For sure. Absolutely. It's a pain. Even for like woodworking, like I, I use it primarily for woodworking or for little functional functional things. Mm-hmm. So like when you're doing scoops and coves and like and points, those are things that I've not had to do because that's stuff that you normally wouldn't do with a piece of wood unless you were just to sand it. Mm-hmm. But that's the stuff that a 3D printer like shines for those weird asymmetric pieces that you can't just cut out on a normal <clears throat> machine that you may have or you can easily get. So that's the stuff that's super impressive on it, and that's what you're gonna pay for it because I don't know how to do it. Uh-huh. And there are very few people that I know that can do it well. Uh-huh. So you should pay people well for the work that they do well. Yep. They seem foreign to people in the 3D printing world because they <laughs> get in 
like I don't know. I had a mono price like mini, so really 3D printing is a two hundred dollar you know entry fee, and then you get all the depositories of, of models for free. Like people kind of get spoiled, uh, a little spoiled, yeah. <laughs> yep, I've actually kind of stepped back from releasing models because I actually I think when I started releasing, people were asking, "Hey, are you going to release that?" I actually had one person. Um, Send me a message asking me if I was going to release um, the Starkiller lightsaber. And um, I told them that I wasn't sure at the time that I might put it on my Etsy shop for sale. And they emailed me back and said they pref- they would prefer if I don't sell it. <laughs> That's the nicest way an internet troll can tell you their opinion. I would, I would prefer you didn't make any money for the hard work that you've done. Would that be okay with you? But I mean, I totally get it. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of awesome files out there for free, um, and these guys put in a lot of work to give a file file away for free. I mean, like I, again, I don't. If anybody's charging for something that I see that I want, I have no problem paying because again, the work that goes into it is just you know you can't beat that. I've always been a little weird about having a file for sale because I don't necessarily trust a whole lot of people. So it's like once you sell that file, they can just give it out, and then you're like, ah, crap. <laughs> so like, some someone's got to come up with a uh, DRM for three. No, not well, not DRM. But what was what was that that program that like you could send people pictures, and within 24 hours it deleted the picture, and you couldn't Snapchat? get it back. Was that Snapchat? Yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm I'm too old. You're old. Uh, I know I'm old. Are you, are you taking? Um, I'm older than you are. Taking Metallica side in, but, uh, in the Napster argument is what you're doing. Yep. So here, this is something we haven't really talked about, and so that's I actually kind of like a cool starting point for this in terms of are we at a point now where more markets are going to open up for actually paying for these digital files? I mean, I know it's already available, but is this you know the direction that everything is going to be going for, because of quality? You know, you you go through you go through pages of the free stuff on Thingiverse and the other sites, but you know, is the the paid version of these quality files um, the direction? Like, so for for instance, how cool how how cool would it be if like um, the next Star Wars movie comes out and a new lightsaber is introduced, and then Disney actually says, okay, we are going to release this three D file for sale, and you can now print it on your three D printers instead I of buying. I do it's think totally that's yeah, I do think that's the direction it's going, but the problem with that is there's still a huge learning curve, and the average person is not going to take the time to do that. So even even though we're still like the making community is still a large community, as in the grand scheme of things, we're still really tiny. Well, no, I understand that, but I mean, how cool would it be if Disney said, "Well, we want to release this because this way we know it's actually." I would accurate. love it. But but you can still buy it. I would absolutely love it because then I don't I, have I to find cool. pictures and try and measure and wonder if I got the measurements right and <laughs> and then find out. I, I know Josh. I know Josh has some opinions on this. I'm wondering what Josh wants to say. I'm going to lawyer this real quick and say, okay, say, here we go. As Disney's lawyer, I got my ears on. Right? Let's let's go, McCoy. Uh, no, <laughs> that's what Disney's <laughs> lawyers would say. They would have a boardroom full of people and go, no, because it. You bought that model, it becomes yours, and there's nothing preventing you from then selling it to a whole bunch of other people. And me and my Mickey ears don't get all of that money. So I can control... They're going to have some sort of proprietary chain. format for their model to be able yeah. to... They're going to DRM they'll, the heck out of it. They'll, they'll sell it on the Apple... So is, it, is that not already happening? They'll sell though. it on the Apple 3D printer that is fully locked down and controlled. You have a one-time, one-time print code? One-time print code, yeah. And, and then the system locks it out. Company. But but here's a here's a thing as well. You so let's say Disney sells the file. Um, you can have somebody buy it and then go to a three D model and say, Hey, here's the dimensions. They three D model it and then put it up on Thingiverse free. Which is I think it's happening now, but I think the argument on Thingiverse a lot of times in a lot of the three D printing communities is can I sell this? I'm like, No, you can't sell that because of like copyright infringement or that's on uh, You didn't design it, issues. you can't sell it. That doesn't matter, but it, you can go on STL files right for CNCs right now. You can get a lot of 3D files, but you buy those, and a lot of times it'll have like this is good for 
X amount of carbs or what, I don't know how they control that, but you buy that thing from them, you cut it yourself and then it allows you to, you're buying the right to sell it after the fact. You know, you know what I could see them doing? Uh, cause like the Disney store is still around. I could see them stocking the Disney store with 3d printers and having people learn how to use them. And then you place, you place the order and they print it out for you directly at the store and you go pick it up. Cause at that point you're, you have a product in every store with the send of an email and you're not shipping product, you know? Or it's not very cost effective yeah. that way, but and again, I got my, my my tie and my ears on. Is that we could injection mold four different types of things and dump them in a big bin and have all of the crazy slimy booger infested kids paw their way through it and then build their own lightsaber. And so not <laughs> only can I charge them for the plastic, I can charge them for the experience. And then they have a thing that's customized themselves. They could take your picture uh, with a cardboard cutout that has no life, and I could charge them twice. Well, I, I, you've got an evil side, Josh. That's a, that's a, that's inevitable. <laughs> it's the though. Mickey side, man. You've, you've, you've got you've got that corporate evil in you. Look, I used to I used to work for the mouse, so it's not really that far off. But I could guarantee that they're going to do that anyway. They already have a product yeah, store called, called Blade Builders, so of course they're going to make it an experience like at the new Disneyland for you know for doing that. But if they were if they release their 3D file. That'd be money they're making that they're not currently making because people are already modeling stuff. People are already ripping it off. It's already getting reproduced in, in you know in other markets. So why not make money in this one yeah. one avenue? I think they're losing creative control of their product when they do that. They've already lost creative control. Yeah, but they, on, can, they can put it down on someone who's doing it in copyright infringement. Where if they bought a thing and I can do whatever I want to with it, now I can take Kylo Ren's lightsaber and I can go. You know, Make a wiener on it or whatever like that is not what a Disney intent for their product. We've already seen that. <laughs> but they can now, if go on, they can go and crack down on people because it's copyright. And then that ears and the tie can go get you. But if you bought that thing, no, this is mine. I can put as many wieners on this lightsaber as I want to. Like, tell me what to do. I'm glad that's where you go with it. Okay. <laughs> you had a bad day. I just got punched in the. If anyone remembers that line. <laughs> Anyways, all right. <laughs> Back to the family-friendly stuff. So, Dara, have you got commissions that people are like, "Oh, can you make a whatever?" And then I can pay you this much. I actually just finished um, a commission. The um, the T'Challa spare that I made, um, the video that's on make, mm -hmm. that was a commission build. I'm actually working on as I have to get this done. This week, I'm doing a commission build for a co-worker of mine's. Um, and then I'm actually working on another commission for a fellow YouTuber. Um, she, I think she's doing the um, Black Widow Infinity War Black Widow. So I'm doing the gauntlets, shoulder pads, knee pads, elbow pads. Um, so, yeah, I, and I'm kind of wary about taking more on just because because I've had a few people contact me about it and I kind of have to turn them away for me. I just don't want to um, commit to it. And then I don't have the time to do it. Um, the T'Challa one was kind of on my radar anyway. And um, being that that was on my radar and I was in the midst of um, looking for something else to do around Black Panther, I thought it would be a great, um, a great build. And it was a relatively uh, straightforward build. Um, actually one of the, um, nicer finishes i've had on my props it was and um nice. thank you um and it it, it <laughs> i talked about it on the um sorry it killed me to send it away i was like i don't and my wife doesn't usually comment on some of the things like she's like oh that's nice and but then when i brought it up she's like oh my god that's really nice and i'm like oh man i gotta send this off like tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> so i saw that build before i saw black panther and i've seen it twice now and I don't know where you got the reference material, but you barely see that spear in the movie. Like, it's behind the shield the whole time when he's fighting. And mm -hmm. so I was out, like, looking for that hero moment when you see that spear to try to see, like, where you got, like, not even, like, the idea, because the idea is there, but where you got, like, some reference material. I'm like, you barely see that thing. And you made that spot on from something that was, like, whipping across the screen crazy fast trying to kill people. 
there's actually a photo. Um, I believe it was an entertainment magazine of him holding. There's two photos of him holding the spear like um, uh, forward in like a pointing position. And that photo, I was able to kind of see the um, the design that he had on the handle. And then there was one that he was holding it kind of behind the shield. So I was able to see the front end and the back end of the um, of the spare. So um, it was enough. I, I felt comfortable with it enough to model it. And um, yeah, I just worked off those two reference pictures. It's kind of it's kind of fun and infuriating trying to find those reference pictures, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's always fun when you find them, but then it's frustrating when you can only find one and it's blurry and you don't even know yeah the slightest detail you can make out on it. But um, but uh, you know what? It's it's a fun challenge though. I did that with the uh, the Batarang from Batman vs Superman when the trailer came out. They had that one scene where it's like. It was sticking out of the wall, I yeah. think. So I, so I took a screen grab and then cut it just in half and then flipped it so I had a full picture and <laughs> got the model it. It's definitely fun, though. Very cool. I, yeah. lo- I love doing some of that stuff. My next One of the next ones I want to do is I, I really want Magneto's helmet from First Class. The, oh, the, gr- the gray on. one. Yes. It was on Dear 3D. I just saw that. Yeah, I wanna. I'm I'm making that soon. I gotta get back into SolidWorks. I think that's a good one to uh, play with. And we would like to interrupt this regularly scheduled podcast for a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Making Geeks podcast is sponsored by the Spire Pen Kickstarter campaign. Spire is a gorgeous special edition pen that is 3D printed in bronze infused 420 stainless steel. Its look and design is inspired by classic Baroque architecture and is being sold exclusively on Kickstarter right now. There are only going to be 100 of these pens produced before they are completely gone forever. This project comes from a long-time listener of the show and maker extraordinaire, Mr. A.J. Huff. The campaign ends on February 28th, so go pick up one of these before it's too late. If you want to check out Spire and show that the Making Geeks podcast sent you, Please use the link spirepen.com slash making geeks. And now back to our show. Well, we're about coming up on time, so. Uh, no, we're not. What are you guys geeking out about this week? <laughs> I'm geeking out about Daryl's channel, and that's not some weird plug. Like, it has ignited a fire. I love helmets. I love cool stuff. I have, I have my Centurion that I have on my desk that I look at every day. And I'm like, I'm going to make this helmet. And when I saw the work that you were doing, I'm like, I could just 3D print the helmet and I could modernize it instead of just making it out of foam. I think you should make the full costume so you can like just pop stuff into your shoulders and stuff. Yeah, do it. Yeah. I see Get some earth magnets, just pop them on there. I would be Jake Rockwell, though. I wouldn't be Ace McCloud. But anyway. But yeah, I wanted to make a Centurion's helmet forever. And now that I've, I've seen, like, Do3D has tons of helmets. Mm-hmm. And so I've got two printers now, and I have access to a whole you know, armory full over there. And I was like, that's all I want. I want printers that make helmets. And it, it's, it's inspired me to do more than cut things out of wood. I've, I've modeled and I've done some 3D printing, but mostly it's been, like, Thingiverse captures and functional pieces. Now, like, I want to make that thing I saw in a movie, and I want it to be mine. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. I pre- I, it's still, it's still, um, it's still crazy to kind of hear when I hear that stuff. I'm because the intent, like I said, the intent when I first came out with the channel was kind of just to inspire my kids, and um, to kind of get to um the point that I'm at now, it's still kind of like. It's still not real to me. Kind of just like it's, it's just um, the, ha- the haze. Yeah. <laughs> so my wife, you know, I had a coworker. Um, we had a Christmas party, and a coworker came up to my wife, and he was like, "I've been kind of, he's into this kind of stuff." So he's kind of like one of the only people that I know face to face that I can actually talk to about this stuff. And he, um, 
So I was telling him everything that's been going on. And then he, um, so every, every time he'd come into work, he'd be like, are you excited yet? I'm like, dude, I'm excited. I'm just not like jumping up and down. Like I'm not going to skip into all into the office today just because something happened. <laughs> so he, so, so my wife as at the Christmas party and he goes, he said, um, he said, is your husband excited about the things that are going on? And she's like, yeah, he's excited. He was like, well, why doesn't he act like it yet? And I'm like, dude, what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> but no, it, it, it's fun. It's, um, he wants you to come to work wearing your red hood. He actually tried to implore me to get, bring the, um, infinity gauntlet in. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to fly over. You should just make a life-size cup of coffee with the infinity gauntlet. <laughs> 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 More no, it, it, it's really been fun. Um, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, uh, the community is so great and supportive. Um, this is one of the few communities uh, that I feel there's a general sense of like actual community. Everybody rallies around each other. Everybody's supportive. Everybody's wanting to give information. Um, and the individuals have been awesome. Guys like Uncle Jesse, um, Joel. Uh, they have been, um, Naomi Wu, they have, they have been so supportive of the work that I've been doing and giving me information and insight and, um, like, I can't thank those guys enough and, and lady enough. They, they, they've been awesome. Well, welcome. In. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. What's what you think you can add about? There you go. Should I... <clears throat> uh, let's see. I kind of stumbled into a rabbit hole on YouTube as you do and uh, found a, a channel where they're building radio antennas to really. No, you're still there. You hear us? Yeah, there you are. There you go. Okay. So I've stumbled upon a YouTube channel where they're building radio antennas to capture the transmissions from uh, NOAA, like the actual uh, weather satellites, when they're taking the pictures of the Earth and they beam basically beam them back to wherever they're receiving them. Basically, when the, the satellite flies over your location, it's constantly beaming that information down directly beneath it. So they're basically building these antennas and they have this little USB dongle that's attached to the antenna and they can actually intercept that signal and generate the image that is coming straight from space. And I think that's super crazy cool. cool. So I want to try that. <laughs> you want to try it? Yeah, I want to try it. You know, yeah, I'm going to try it. Okay, intercept some satellite relay. It just sounds like, I don't know. James Bond stuff? It yeah. Sounds, yeah, super James like Bond. The stuff that they were showing, West doesn't have there's, like, there's like several layers of complexity here, and I'm not expecting, you know, me to do some crazy, amazing things off the bat. But they, uh, it's just a bunch of software stuff that they're going through, like, and they have a lot of tutorials on their uh, videos walking you through. It's not too terribly complex the methods that they're using. So they're using basic materials to make these antennas. Uh, they're just different designs and stuff, just scraps of copper and little coaxial cable plug into a $30 adapter into your USB port and you're good to go. You can tune in the frequency that that specific satellite broadcasts in and there's software that tells you what, when a certain satellite passes over a certain GPS location. And it's, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of a whole new kind of realm. What is it just so that you can know that you are talking directly to something in space? Maybe. I mean, just, yeah, they don't don't actually transfer to them, but you're, yeah, it's sort of like this information's always going by you. So it's sort of like this weird ethereal thing where, you know, you always have these r- waves and radio signals going all the way around you. I just want to hear one, you know, or basically interact with one that's normally just passes by. You know what I mean? It's sort of strange to think about. But all this oh, stuff happens. Until it's just... to beam down high west. <laughs> yeah, that's I'll right. always <laughs> say at that particular moment on that particular day. But it seems kind of interesting. So, and there's a, a another Make uh, Magazine article a couple months ago where they – this is sort of tangentially related – where some guys were ma- able to uh, reboot and kind of control a defunct satellite that was like abandoned like 20 years ago. 
they found some old protocols and stuff. It's super inspiring to me. Not that I think I could ever do this, but just to think a bunch of guys like amateur astronomers said, hey, there's a satellite. We can track it because that information is widely available. And they were able to use information about all these protocols and stuff and actually turn the satellite back on and communicate with it. And there's an article about it. It's pretty cool. We should we, uh, we should have the Making Geeks satellite. All right, demolition derby that satellite into everything else that was around it. <laughs> <laughs> I would just and enter I, like berserker mode and hit enter and just watch. watch gotta have it start, <laughs> you gotta have it start stuck sucking up all the other satellites and junk and make one really huge one. That's crazy though. Down. That's awesome. Yeah, just so it's, like it's gently kinda... nudge the other satellites out of alignment every once in a while. <laughs> you're, you're trolling the. <laughs> the space community, yeah, that's what I'm geeking out about. Weird stuff, as usual. <laughs> what about you, Sean? I am geeking out about this weird trailer that showed up in my YouTube feed that I actually thought was a joke mm. at first, but turns out it's a real YouTube red show coming out called Cobra Kai, where they are, I guess, continuing the original Karate Kid story as you know, with them as adults. And I don't know, there was something about that that I just kind of liked the look of it, and I thought it was kind of cool. And I don't know. I I hope it's I hope it's uh, somewhat interesting and not just kind of like a parody of itself. I think it might be fun. Is that is that a look into our society that they're trying to tell that story from the side of the bad guy now? Um, Some weird social commentary. I, I you know I you know what it might be because I had seen somebody and I don't know if it was film theory or something else that was trying to show that Daniel was actually the bad I've, guy. I've heard that. Oh yeah, I remember that. I I didn't I didn't watch the video, but I had seen the headline and you know every now and then somebody comes along and tries to turn something on its head that way. Sometimes it's interesting, sometimes it's not, but it looked fun and just completely caught me off guard. And supposedly Mark's cousin got a kick <laughs> out of the uh, <laughs> out of the post that I made because I I said. You get gonna... about is this real? Because I just you know I just crane kicked my prosthetic across the room. <laughs> he, he he wanted video. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know he might get his wish because that might be part of the intro <laughs> of my next video yes! coming up then. And it's all because nice. of him. <laughs> Happy uh, I'm I'm geeking out about getting out of hardware support mode and actually starting to make stuff. Um, I, I have such a backlog of stuff in my head right now and it's driving me insane that I'm just, I'm sitting here just making boxes for tools so I can use them. So I'm, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for the X carve and I'm going to start running that, um, because I need to start making some money to support my endeavors because <laughs> I really want to raise 3d because I want to, I want to be able to print stuff in one piece because if there's anything about that I've learned about design is when you make stuff that's too big for your printer and then having to go back into the model and cut it up. And I'm really kind of OCD where I won't just cut it and then try and glue it back together. I'll actually make lines so it fits back together and kind of locks in place and then you glue it and it's it's a pain to model af- like after the fact. But I, I, j- I want to start printing stuff in one piece. So I want to... Yeah, I'm I'm excited about getting working tools and doing things. Try recording somebody as they build the thing that you have made many times and want to build. Yeah. Well, that's that's the other thing. On I, you after a I, while. I still gotta I gotta get back to the the first the the YouTube video, and that's that's comes down to learning Premiere, which I, I just hate learning alone. <laughs> So, you need a learning buddy. It's I need someone. Like, I need a teacher because it's it's so hard. Like if you have a teacher, you can bounce stuff. Like, well, I I want to do this. Well, that's not the right terminology. I think you mean this. Yes, and that interaction takes all of three minutes. Doing it on your own can take, like I said before, up to three weeks to figure out you're using the wrong word. Did you do the Skillshare <laughs> thing we talked about? It's like a dollar. Uh, no, I didn't do it yet, but I'm, that's that's one of the ones. I I am gonna I am gonna look into some some stuff for Premiere, but it's I still gotta get the rest of the the video and my ideas because I actually found video I thought I had lost and filmed comedy replacement for it, and 
I don't know, but. So, Daryl, yes. what's been going on this week you've been super excited about? What have you been geeking out about? I've been, I think I've been geeking out about this for a while now, Infinity War. Like, that is, like, the highlight of, my, of the year for me. Um, that, and actually, I've been really geeking out, and information's been coming out slowly about um, Captain Marvel. Um, I don't know. I'm really excited to see that movie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those are the two things I've been geeking out. Like, I've been, like, scouring the Internet looking for any information coming out on Infinity War. Like, I don't care if it's even spoilerific. Like, I watch – there's this one guy I follow called um, – I believe it's kind of culty. And he um, – that's all he does is just theories on um, Infinity War. And, like, have a notification bar uh, hit on here and <laughs> – like anytime he comes out with a video, I'm like, I'm hit, I hit him up on Twitter. I'm like, dude, when are you releasing your next video? Because his content is so good, and you know, there's some people that throw out theories, and they're just like, all right, that is not happening. <laughs> and his own actually makes sense. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited about um, Infinity War, and um, I have a few builds around that. I actually modeled the um, the Stormbreaker hammer that they uh, mm-hmm. announced for um, Thor's hammer. Yeah, you put no. that on your Twitter, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, okay. I th- I knew I saw that from you. I was like, there isn't a video though, and he did beta rave. Which where did I see that? <laughs> so yeah, there. yeah. It, it um so that I'm planning on 3D printing that, and that will kind of be one of those builds around that time the movie um comes out. Well, I don't know how many of our shows uh, that you've listed from the past, but we do spoiler casts of. So- big geeky movies like that so if you want to see that at the table for the infinity war spoiler cast from this podcast man that you've got an open seat definitely i'll definitely love love to um come on we like to geek out as hard as you want exactly. should, should we should we plan should we plan a black panther one yeah i still gotta go on see black it, panther but... right now black panther was awesome <laughs> so i have a confession I... to make i haven't seen it yet well neither, neither have i Okay, Neither all right. Mind. So we I'm all, not. <laughs> we all we all got kids. It takes a, a, up to a month to go see the movie, maybe longer. Yep. So I got like crucified at work today because I haven't seen it. Yet. <laughs> and so and then everybody knows like I'm into all this prop making. So they're like, so they're looking at me. They're like, you of all people haven't seen it yet. And I'm like, dude, I have kids. Like, and then t- and my kid had a. Both my kids were sick, so I couldn't. There's no way. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to see the money. Like, so I like, got fussed out. All day for not seeing. So I've seen it twice because of my son. Wow, Deacon loves the Black Panther. Like it's his favorite character. As soon as he saw it in Civil War, like he thought the Black Panther was the coolest. Yeah, they and did a he's... really good job on that design. That and that that's one of the things I love about the Marvel movies. Their their real world transition is so spot on. Like yeah. they they change what they need to change to make it look good. It's not. You know, okay, well, he has spandex in the comics, so let's give him spandex. Yes. Yeah, but he, I told him that I didn't, I didn't know how violent it was. I was like, well, I'll go watch it, Mr. Bob, and I will go watch it first. And if it's okay, then you can watch it. So every day I come to work and I come home, he's like, did you and Bob go see the movie? I'm like, no, dude, we were working on stuff. He's like, when are you going to go see it? I'm like, I don't know yet. Like, leave me alone. No joke. The first words, when I walk in the door, have you seen the movie yet? And so I told him, like, we're going to go watch it. He's like, okay. And it was like a seven or something showing, so he was going to be in bed. He's like, well, when you get home, come wake me up and tell me if I can go watch it. I'm like, dude. <laughs> so the very next morning, I was at the breakfast table. He comes down. He was like, what was it? I'm going to go watch it today, right? I'm like, geez. Like, pump the brakes. And so that evening, <laughs> I'm like, dear God, we're going to go watch this movie with him. And he, it, it was loud. There were some violent parts. There was some fighting because it's a Marvel movie. And, like, he kind of covered his ear sometimes, but he, he loved it. Wow. Awesome. Princess has like these two panther like blaster things. He was like, she was my favorite character. So he was all about it. Awesome. That helmet too is one of the more impressive designs that came out from Marvel in in a while. Killmonger stuff is pretty sick. Yes. Michael B. Jordan like was awesome and then ah, you guys should go watch it. Working on it. Characters, working on it. characters were awesome in this movie. Actors playing those characters were awesome in this movie. It was good. 
Yeah, that that might be because I asked I asked Tracy. I was like, "You want to go see it?" Because she usually goes to see all the Marvels with me. She's like, "Ah, uh, no, I'll pass on this one." <laughs> yeah, no, don't pass on this one. So, good. so that that's me going. Okay, I can. You go to bed. I'm going out. <laughs> <laughs> Permission granted. But oh, oh wait, no, hold on. Right. I'm sorry, I forgot. I have a Maker Fair this weekend at my old office. I'm also geeking out about that. Um, I used to work for Lucent Technologies. So if you look up the Lucent Technologies building in Homedale, New Jersey, it is the size of a small city. And somebody moved in and created like a, a mall maker office, whatever, just a ton of stuff in there. Oh. And they're they're having a, a STEM conference, like a STEM maker fair in there this weekend. And I think I might be going. So I'm, I'm excited about that, too. That's my other geeky thing. And now I'm done. I'll shut up. <laughs> all right we would love to hear from all of you go ahead and visit our website makinggeeks.com check out the contact page send us some questions suggestions for the show anything you like we would love to hear from you and right there on the homepage, you can listen to all of our past episodes and see all the past guests we've had including today's guest and right there on the homepage, page makinggeeks.com and you can find us across all the social medias on instagram at making geeks podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Making Geeks. And we'd like to thank our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash making geeks for helping keep the show on the air. And we'd like to thank our top patron, Mr. Seth Williams, for his support. And if you'd like to help fund future uh, endeavors such as Maker Fair, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, in uh, Bay Area coming up in May. Uh, those donations go help those types of endeavors. And if you'd like to help us out, just go to patreon.com slash making geeks. And I would like to, before I say my little prayer, Seth sent me a box and he put Bob's name in parentheses. So it's good that someone finally recognizes the true hierarchy at this point. <laughs> no, no, he's still a box because he's in the metrology lab at this chemical place in New York. So he does calibration on all their equipment. And he's, in a note, he says that it's a lot of times cheaper for them just to buy a new thing than it is to calibrate whatever piece of equipment it is. So he sent us like a temperature, a couple of temperature and humidity sensors for the 3D printer enclosure cabinet. Um, uh, this cool level. He said like a, a tachometer. Like we used to have on the helicopter, so this like reflect. You put a little strip of reflective tape, and it shoots a laser at it, and it counts how many times the little piece of reflective tape shoots the laser back. So I now know that our miter saw spins at like forty-one thousand RPM, <laughs> and that I can I can punch fist at three hundred and thirty some RPM. <laughs> so I spent half the morning just putting reflective tape on things and seeing how fast they go. So thank you very much, Seth. That was very cool, giving us a bunch of crazy little gadgets so thank you oh and you can find the rest of our work all over the internet at geekbuilders.net asylum designs on twitter instagram thinkiverse facebook geeksmithing.com and at the piworkshop.com and daryl where can everybody find your stuff man uh they can find me on youtube uh at the broken nerd and they can find me on twitter and instagram at the broken nerd 83 awesome uh, Wes, do you want to do the ken thing are you gonna? Are we gonna insert that later? Uh, we'll just insert that. What I've already recorded. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, Wes. I mean, if, if you like your take, I get to attack it on. Seemed to work. So okay. Yep. Sweet. Yep. Well, thank you everybody for hanging out with us, Daryl. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. I hope you had a good time. This was awesome for us. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah. Thank you for having time, me. I, I really enjoyed it. Sweet. And hopefully, we'll, we'll see you back. back. Of course, definitely. Just let me know, and I'll be here. <laughs> Right on. Well, everybody, tune in every Saturday to a new episode. And we hope you all have a fantastic week. See you guys. Take care.